3: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to "Playing Dirty: Sports Scandals" on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You ready to check your feelings
4: at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is: Am I Reister or am I wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, am I Reister or am I wrong?
5: The College Football Playoff Committee put out its week, well, its second iteration of its rankings. Did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? And where is the path to the playoff for all of these teams? Uh, Nikola Jokic and Marcus Morris get into it, and people can't decide which, well, no, well, they can decide what side they're on. But if you're not on Jokic's side, you are absolutely wrong. Um, inflation is going crazy right now. And, uh, it's a, it's a major topic for all of us because it looks like we're making more money, but everything at the same time is simultaneously getting way more expensive. NBA players are complaining about the rules. The NBA has changed the rules for the definition of what is a foul, what's not a foul and what they are going to allow. And I absolutely love it. And the fact that they're crying about it means that the rule is correct. Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver finds himself embroiled in a controversy and his wife can't stay out of people's DMs. And I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amson. And this is Reister or Wrong, the intersection where sports, business, society and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. And you guys, leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And most of all, share it with a friend. Sharing is caring, people. And um, you guys can get a hold of us. 818-293-7547. Shoot us a text or an email. I'm mad, I-M-M-A-D, at unafraidshow.com. (laughs) Whew. <laughs> Ralph, um, so the college football playoff, they put out their rankings last night. They had Georgia at one, Alabama two, Oregon three, Ohio State four, Cincinnati five, Michigan six, Michigan State seven, Oklahoma eight, Notre Dame nine, Oklahoma State ten, and the next notables are Texas A&M at 11, and Wake Forest at 12. Are you okay with what the committee did?
4: Yeah, I I am. Um, Nothing is set in stone. That's the nice thing about these weekly um, updates is you're just checking to see if they're on the right track. And it seems like the gap between 10 and 11 is probably the biggest gap on that entire list, maybe maybe almost as big as the gap between 1 and 2. Um, But I think that uh, I think that it looks okay to me. The only thing that jumped out at me right away was Oklahoma behind a lot of teams with one loss and wondering what the justification would be for all of it. You know, not just maybe one team here or there, but to have them behind. um, Well, Oklahoma has not played
5: one single team that's currently ranked, not one. OK, so so I think that that's the, the the rationale behind having them at eight. But they do have games against Oklahoma State and Baylor coming up and then right. Iowa State, who will probably be ranked next week, too. So they're going to have three ranked games to finish the season, which I think gives them the potential to shoot up the rankings. And if they are 12, 13 and 0, I think that they get in that they may have to jump somebody, which is not going to be pretty. But the committee is also hoping that somebody loses to make it easy and to to, to make their job, you know, seem like they ended up getting it right.
4: Right. Uh, if teams two, three, and four went out and Georgia's only loss is to Alabama, then that's your four. Yeah. So... That means that Cincinnati could go undefeated and Oklahoma could go undefeated and they'd be on the outside looking in. Which
5: obviously is not going to, I mean, dude, if you have two undefeated teams
4: on the outside, I don't think that that's going to go over well at all. And then you got to look at, like, what are the most compelling bull matchups outside of the college football playoff? Uh, would you, you know, what are you going to do with Notre Dame if they went out? If they, they go get 11 1, a, they get
5: a New Year's six ball.
4: But would they put them, like, would you run Cincinnati and Oklahoma oh. up against each other? Because you're not going to put Notre Dame up against Cincinnati. Yeah, because they have already played. Or would you steal Cincinnati's ability to take on the other undefeated team and put Oklahoma up against Notre Dame because you get a ton of viewership? Mm,
5: dude, that would be a huge
4: game. A huge and, game. And I mean, and does Utah have the ability to come out of nowhere and steal uh, a Rose Bowl bid if they, you know, but that would take beating Oregon um, twice? Well,
5: actually, actually, no, they'll they will likely get a Rose Bowl bid just by winning all their games, except for the two against Oregon.
4: The five loss Rose Bowl team. Yuck. Oh, I didn't even consider that
5: five loss. Yeah, they may Bypass, but it'd be tough for them to not take a Pac-12 team. I can't even remember the last time they didn't take a Big Ten team, but a five-loss team, that that would be tough, especially if they were playing against Ohio State or Michigan or, you know what I mean, like a one-loss team versus a five-loss team. They might just, that might be an instance where a Pac-12 team doesn't get into the Rose Bowl.
4: Yeah, this whole thing is extremely fascinating to me. Had San Diego State not lost to Fresno, is that I think they, they lost to Fresno yeah. or something um then you might have even had a conversation about San Diego State and Wake Forest had they not lost. Um but the situation that we're in, I love the first 10. Uh the order maybe could be different as far as maybe What do you Oklahoma think about Michigan
5: and Michigan State though? Because that was the thing that just that puzzled me. They played 10 days ago. Michigan State beat Michigan. yeah, And then Michigan State proceeds to go lose to per- Purdue. And Gary Barter, the, com- the chair of the college football playoffs, said, we believe Michigan's a more complete team than Michigan State. And I'm like, who the fuck cares what you think? They played. They literally played 10 days ago. And we saw what happened. So why so why would we sit up here and you know vacillate about yeah that I think they're a more complete team. Who cares it, if they're more complete?
4: It definitely delivers a, a death blow to the whole like, well, the only reason that Oregon's ahead of Ohio State. It opens up the possibility for Ohio State to jump Oregon. Correct. If that's the way the committee thinks. Correct. Especially because Ohio State is playing six and seven. Uh, <laughs> in their upcoming games, so yeah, I I don't know. I I think that um, I think that this list is uh, n- nothing matters on this list after twelve, and the gap between ten and eleven is huge, and the gap between one and two is huge. Um, All right, so I don't think anybody outside the top ten has a shot. Oh, n- nobody.
5: The only potential the only potential ways that people can get in the outside of the top 10, I think is actually we will start at number 10 because I don't think that Notre Dame has a, has a shot, right? Because they, because they're going to be a one loss team without a conference championship. So I think that they're going to be, be out. Right. Regardless.
4: And they're, they're dependent upon Cincinnati to keep winning, which would keep them ahead of Notre Dame. Correct. So there's, yeah, no, Notre Dame's pretty busted in yeah. this situation.
5: OK, so Oklahoma State, if they right. turn around and over the next three weeks beat TCU, Texas Tech and then Oklahoma and Oklahoma still undefeated, I think that they would jump up with Oklahoma, obviously, and potentially get in depending on some other factors that happen with other teams. Uh, Wake Forest. Wake Forest has not played a ranked team so far this year, but then they get NC state this week, which is going to be ranked and magically Clemson's going to be ranked next week. Cause they're going to be seven and three. Everybody's like, Oh, well the season's not so bad. Seven and three. Cause they play UConn this week. So right. they get a layup and then they're going to be ranked 24th, 25th next week. So, which is going to give Wake Forest another potential for a top 25 win. And, and i think that the that wake forest is in a similar situation as oklahoma state where they're going to need a lot of help but they yeah. but their schedule on the way out is going to give them a shot and then there is the texas a&m because there is an outside shot that texas a&m could get into the sec championship game and if they get in and beat georgia it, it's going to they're going to jump they're going to be the first two lost team to get in the playoff
4: Assuming, assuming a couple of other things. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess if you knocked the number one team off and, and you were the first out last year, I guess. Well, well
5: and see, I, I think it has more to do with how, like, how big, well, how good people look at Georgia as being.
4: I look at them as being uh, – head and shoulders above the field defensively and competitive enough offensively to, to justify the ranking as well. So with multiple quarterbacks, like they're just, they're firing on all cylinders right now. Um, the one, so I, I guess what, so it's nine of the top 10 have a shot and you're saying you would include A&M as well. I'm not including Wake Forest. It, the, the amount of chaos that would have to happen to get Wake Forest in. It's just, it's car- It's cartoonish. Um, who does the ACC champ play? If, uh, will they play like SEC number three or something? Oh, in in the Orange Bowl? Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. That's it's SEC two or SEC three.
4: So we probably it's either probably going to be what like NC State or te- uh, or Wake Forest against Texas A and M is my guess. Um, on on how that one shakes out, uh, I don't know you know, Fiesta will probably get a okay. big 12. And uh, so you probably have like your Oklahoma, Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I don't know. I, I think the, the, the best odds are the four teams that you see there now.
5: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, but if, well, actually the, I don't in the sense of, I think if Alabama loses to Georgia in the sec championship, I think they're done. I think they're done as much as people want to give Alabama the benefit of the doubt, them having two losses while you have two undefeated teams potentially, a one loss Oregon, one loss Ohio State, one loss potentially, well actually you would, you, you would have to have a two loss Michigan and a two loss Michigan State in that scenario, but yeah, it's going to be, or a one loss Wake Forest, it's going to be hard to put a two loss Alabama team in the playoff above those teams, especially when Like games have to matter and you can't just say, oh, oh, oh man. Listen, Alabama's a really good team. They're so talented that I would bet against they would be Vegas would have them favorites over these teams. Well, they've lost twice. So that goes into most deserving versus the best teams. And I, for one, pretty much look at the most deserving as the best teams. Like that the best teams win their games. The best teams don't lose their games. So the so idea who, that who do you, a, you
4: are the four best teams in college football right now, the four best teams, regardless of record 4 best teams.
5: <sighs> okay. I'm gonna go Georgia, Georgia won because there's no, there's nothing to say that they're not. And they haven't slipped up. Haven't gotten, ha- haven't had a blemish. I would put, Oklahoma in there, not that this is not in order. And I know Oklahoma hasn't looked great all the time, but they find a way to win. Yeah. Um, and then I would go. Oregon and Alabama with Ohio state, probably fifth.
4: Okay. So yeah, you got Cincinnati outside the top five.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that they can beat any of those teams. But well, actually, that's a, a lie. I believe Cincinnati can beat those teams in a one-game scenario, but but if they were put in their conference situations, I don't think that Cincinnati is nine and zero. If that makes sense?
4: Yeah. Well, anybody anybody who like us who follows the Pac-12 is going to have that opinion because we've never seen it done, right? <laughs> never. Yeah. It's never happened.
5: Yeah, somebody going undefeated, bro. Because <laughs> right. and that's partially the Pac-12's fault because of the way that they schedule. Like they don't schedule to protect their best teams.
4: Right. Well, that, and there is only, but there is only one instance I believe in which a team lost its ninth game. Went eight and zero into game nine. Was that Oregon ASU two years ago? Oh God. Were they eight and zero? Did they have no, another no, game? No, after no, 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 no.
5: They they had one more game after that because they had to the organize. So
4: seven and zero. Okay, yeah. so we don't. We haven't even had anybody go eight and zero and then drop. Yep. So e- even if you said like, oh, there should only be eight conference games, it changes nothing in the Pac-12's history.
5: Yep. Um, That's the worst. Yeah. So and yeah, and I, I just think that this definitely impacts college football playoff expansion. Because if you are the teams that are leaving the AAC and BYU and going over to the Big 12, you're not going to sign up for, with Texas and Oklahoma, the Bell Cows leaving, going to the SEC. Now people are going to look at you as a lesser conference. So if I'm them, there's not a chance in hell I sign up for an expanded college football playoff that doesn't include a guaranteed bid for my conference.
4: I think there should be a guaranteed bid for the five major conferences. Yep. A guaranteed group of five spot. And then I think you could bring back the BCS for six and for seven and eight. Mm. Oh,
5: just sit up there and let
4: the let the computers
5: decide. But the OK, but then that that let the computers decide the order
4: of the overall eight and who seven and eight are.
5: I don't like that. And the reason why is because of the way that the computers are set up. Right. The computers are set up to favor the name brands, right? Like favorite, because if you go to the S and P Plus for for last week after week eight, right? I'm not not after this this last week after the week prior after the week before. They had after everybody had played seven games. They had Florida ranked fifth.
4: Clemson at four and three ranked fourth. But that's the middle of the season. There's going to be enough data by the end of it all that. Okay. Okay. So. So
5: now they have. um, Oh, God. The, the, the S&P for this week. Still has, like, Clemson ranked highly. They have, and when you go to the college football power index, they have Georgia 1, Bama 2, Ohio State 3, Oklahoma 4, Michigan 5, uh, Iowa State 6, Pittsburgh 7, Clemson 8, Cincinnati 9, Wisconsin 10. All the way down, they have Utah ranked Seven spots in front of Oregon, seven or eight spots. And guess who else is in front of them? Four and five, Florida, four and five, Texas, bro. Like what? And, and, and two spots behind them, you have five and four, Miami, bro. Like, and, and, and four spots behind that three and seven, Nebraska.
4: Like, what are we talking about here? Like these it sounds like teams. a high school it sounds like a high school football playoff poll. But if you're if you're just talking about the top eight spots or the order of the teams within the eight, I don't think a formula is gonna cause too much grief. And then maybe again I'm underestimating the whininess of mankind. Yep. What's up, everybody?
0: This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first take.
3: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Okay, let's 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 see what the Sagarin ratings say. Because it'll be interesting to see what um what Jeff Sagarins, who was uh his rankings were uh, included in the college football in the uh, BCS. So they he's got Georgia 1, Bama 2, Ohio State 3, Oklahoma 4, Michigan 5, Oklahoma State 6, Texas A&M 7, Notre Dame 8, Wisconsin 9, Cincinnati 10, and then Penn State, Iowa State, Ole Miss, Auburn, then Oregon, then Clemson. Like, what? Baylor and Wake Forest are all the way down at 20 and 21, and Michigan State is 24. 24. You
4: you eliminate a lot of the issues with something like that if you have auto bids. So him having Cincinnati at 10 wouldn't matter. They'd be in. Michigan State is at 24. But if they won the Big Ten, they'd be in. I understand that. but The only path forward even now would be the Michigan State to win the Big Ten
5: correct but the the point is is that i don't trust these computer models because they because when they are built they are built to put the number 1 team number 1 like they are built to to
4: factor in things that
5: that So you favor. have a college
4: football playoff committee to pick the order of the 8 and the 7 and 8 team. Yes, correct which is the
5: 18 playoff, which, but the, uh, from everything that I heard that the SEC is not going to go for a 12 team playoff. I don't think there should be a 12. I I don't think so either because then four teams get buys and this is football. People get hurt. So no, I I hate that. I
4: hate that. You have people, you have the opportunity for like the ninth ranked team to potentially play three games if all goes well and that ninth ranked team is going to have a bunch of kids who are weighing whether or not to play in a bowl game anyway to go uh, pro. I, the three three games is – two is fine. We should never move beyond that. You got 12 regular season games plus a conference championship plus two extra. 15 games is the most. You, you just don't – I mean, because then that's going to increase to 20 as soon as they get to the NFL – and, you know, and how, how are they going to hold up? you stealing a game here and there against high-level competition. I don't think it's good for their prospects long-term. So, especially if they're not getting paid.
5: Yep. Um, speaking of getting paid, though, um, people are getting paid more in America now. So, that means that we're all rich, right, Ralph? <laughs> not if you have to buy things. Okay, so Ralph did a little bit of a dive and paid attention to inflation because this is all impacting us right right now. Gas is high as hell right right now. It is super expensive. Um, I am just I'm getting ready to sell my new car to just get an electric car. But there's not a big big enough one for me at this point in time. But as soon as there is, it's gone, bro. It is actually, I may buy another car just so I don't have to put gas in my, in my navigator.
4: (laughs) Just get, just get yourself like an Elantra.
5: Yeah. (laughs) So I can drive around on a daily basis. (laughs) And then when I need to shuttle the kids around, we will get in the SUV.
4: That's hilarious. I, it's rough, man. I'm gonna run some numbers by you. Uh, Energy costs in the last year, on average, on the whole, up thirty percent. Gasoline is the heaviest there; it's up nearly fifty percent. Natural gas prices also uh, increasing. Um, heating oil is is blowing up. Um, and Americans are expected to spend thirty percent more on natural gas and forty three percent more on heating oil this winter than they did. Last winter, uh, overall consumer uh, goods from October, 2020 to October, 2021 up 6.2%. Um, uh, fast food prices are skyrocketing. Um, that could be, uh, due to increased wages or it could be, uh, supply issues. But, uh, from October, 2020 to October, 2021, Fast food is up seven percent. Um, what else is uh, home prices? So you're in L.A. Home prices uh, year over year. Th- they were already Bro, pretty damn high. I looked uh, 18%. at
5: 18 percent. I looked at what my home was worth on Zillow and it's almost doubled since 2015. Well, it, it's gone up like 50 percent basically in the last year. And we considered selling. Right. Yeah. Because the house is almost worth double what we paid for it since 2016. Since January of 2016. So now the question is, do we sell it and go rent a house for a couple of years for like a year or so until prices come down or just because going to go buy another house? What good does that do? Because all the money that we made off of this house, we would then have to go spend it on a newer house.
4: That was the big predicament with everybody over the last year that I talked to was, you know, yeah, I'd love to sell my house and take that that equity. But then what am I going to do with it I'm in this marketplace competing with everybody else, competing with investors? Uh, I We actually did it but we didn't we didn't care whether or not we came out on top or anything like that it was a lifestyle move aaron wanted to be in the south she wanted to be in charlotte she wanted to have seasons she wanted to have more mild weather uh, access to camping in the beach just like we had in arizona but without it being 150 degrees and so she picked charlotte well year over year the cost of housing here is up 21 percent phoenix where i came from L.A. where you're at just L.A. in general is up 18% year over year so you have a giant jump in home prices you have a giant jump in food prices I think my my wife said she went to the grocery store the other day think about it just on the micro level it might not seem like a really big deal but she went to the grocery store yesterday bought Cascade dishwasher uh, pods yep I use those $5 increase from the last time she bought them $13 13 to 18 dollars just for that one item. Well, part of that
5: is the supply and demand. I was just talking to Denisha about, about this the other day is that, um, is that it's the well, in addition to the prices, right? That, yeah, that the prices are going up because the demand is so high for these things because there are so many cargo ships. And crates and and those big uh, metal containers that are literally stuck on boats in the ocean. Stuck on boats that the port is backed up for weeks upon weeks or months or however long, long, long it is. And it's not just the one here. It's other ports all over the place. So now.
4: Yeah, it's affecting weird stuff, too. How many times have
5: you ordered something from Amazon lately? Because we we have an Amazon delivery business Packages are super light right, right now, and they should be heavier. But the problem is, is that how many times have you ordered something from Amazon now and it's been canceled
4: or delayed? Oh, for, sure. for sure. For sure. I mean, here are just some real world, real world examples. Uh, example number one, our dog got neutered last week. There were no cones. They said that all the cones that are delivered to the vet offices to put on dogs after they have a surgery, so they don't like irritate the wound are all stuck on a shipment. So no dog cones. Here's another real world example. We got a a bid to have the gutters on our house replaced in May, $2,300. We told them, cool, we'll do it in October. We called the guy October 1st and said, Hey, we're good to go. And he's like, materials jumped it's 28 50 now 550 and fifty dollar increase in five months we have a neighbor that just moved here from africa he had to ship his stuff on a container ship normally that container ship would just go straight from africa to the united states but because everything's so backed up it had to make a stop in china to pick up a bunch of christmas goods they moved here at the end of april their furniture got here last week that's what six months of having their furniture on a ship. It's crazy. How many just the the real world exam and you brought up cars. Cars is the crazy one right now because rental companies sold off all their rental car stock in order to not go out of business because nobody was traveling. Therefore, nobody was renting cars. Well, then everybody started traveling again and guess what they couldn't get rental cars but then demand Dude, for vehicles I've been there.
5: Up. I have been there. And part of that, because pe- people are like, how is there a shortage of rental cars? So what if they don't have new cars? They had the same old cars. Well, the issue is, is that the way rental car businesses are set up, the cars can only drive for a certain amount of miles. And then they go to go sell those cars. So it's the way that their business model is set up, that they have to get rid of those cars at a certain
4: amount of time. We got (laughs) so. And it's uh, so just used cars, used cars over uh, one year, 30 percent increase in the price of a used car. And it's not just cars. It's all vehicles, recreational vehicles, airstreams. all that stuff is all increased. And the price of new cars has also jumped like 5% year over year. So, and I think the typical inflation year over year for cars is two and a half. So that doubled. And then beyond all that, I got an email this morning from my kid's school, George. You know what it said? Nope. What? All the bus drivers? Oh, the bus drivers already happening. My kids just didn't even get picked up this morning. So that's already a thing. Like labor shortages, I think everybody's aware of the labor shortages. Uh, no, this is the email I got from the school this morning. There are no more hamburgers. Wait, what? Hamburgers? There are no more. So,
5: <laughs> <laughs> this feels like when the <laughs> pandemic was going on, and then there were, um, well, actually, not not that the pandemic's over, but that when the pandemic was in its, you know, in full throes. That when the factory started having issues and then there was meat shortages and then you start seeing weird brands of chicken show up in the in the grocery store, there are no wings to be found. No yeah, wings yeah. to be
4: found. So this is my question. This is my question. So they said no more hamburgers. We're substituting like uh, like meatballs, which is like the same thing. But uh, here's here's my question. Do you think that the school district got priced out of hamburgers or do you think that there's just no, I think they got the supplies out. down. That's, I, that's I, what I, I I'm wondering.
5: It's a, I think it's both that they got priced out because the supply is down.
4: And what's interesting is uh, uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg school district where my kids go, part of the money that that came from the relief funds from the federal government uh made it so that lunch and breakfast at the school are free for this entire school year. Yeah. So it's already funded. So what they're saying is beyond even having it already paid for by the federal government, they still don't have the ability to buy hamburger patties. It makes me wonder how much more stuff is is this going to happen with? And I know a lot of people who run retail businesses, they're having trouble with their suppliers, they're having trouble with their own inventory, and it could be anything, textiles, cloth, chemicals um we had somebody come out in april to fix our pool and they recommended that we convert it to salt water because there's a run on chlorine tablets making them almost impossible to find and causing them to triple in price chlorine tabs yep dude (laughs) what so where is this headed i guess is my question
5: Bro, I, I, I have no idea because <clears throat> the idea that people made a living wage, right? Like that a living wage that you used to be able to work a nine to five at minimum wage and be able to actually live. Right. That's it. That's an issue is that if you have a hardworking person, like somebody who shows up to work, work 40 yeah. hours a week, like you aren't asking for handouts. You're not you know, trying to game the system, you're actually trying to work. And it takes like three of you to be able to afford like a, a, a one bedroom apartment or a, a, a normally, a median priced house, like just to be able to rent it is absolutely asinine, dude. So, so the fact that the price of all these goods are going up, is a with inflation is causing a bigger issue which then creates more homelessness creates more lack and the more th- and then the more that that goes up the more the disparity between the haves and the have-nots goes up guess g- guess what happens crime goes up because yeah. because people are like I can't get it I got to get it some kind of way
4: right and what and wh- what's crazy is at the same time, it's still like destitute, but functional in America is still uh, levels above what a lot of other people go through. So it's really, really hard for us to empathize when somebody has an $800 phone and a PS5, but they just got the box spring on the ground of a studio apartment that they have to work 80 hours a week to be able to pay rent on because they can't buy a home because they're competing with investors Because appraisers are just going out and rubber stamping all these home prices and uh, and which is putting people outside of the range of a loan that they can even take out, which means that all those people who miss out on buying homes are stuck having to rent from those investors. And you just have this massive transfer of wealth happening. And I wonder, you know, you look at cities like Mumbai Or uh, different places in in India where you like the the stark difference between the haves and have nots is, you know, shanties next to giant towers with Ferraris parked on the hundredth floor. Are we on our way to that and that and and how would we slow it down? I I just anybody who is not alarmed by what is happening right now, um, I'm not saying like. Panic because I don't even know what that would do for you, but definitely be paying attention. Definitely be helping your neighbors. Um, I remember the last time that this happened. Last time there was a major economic crisis, one of the things that took off was Groupon. Yeah, right. Like uh, Groupon and all those deal things to like where people were putting out loss leader deals to even get people in the door to uh, to try their businesses. But when we have hyperinflation, can we can those people even afford to to do loss leaders to get people to come in and stuff like that? So I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that like if I who don't go anywhere or really do anything, if I've got twenty real world examples just from the last six months of prices skyrocketing, I know every other American that's having to purchase anything probably does too, and uh, and I just can't all be sustainable. It, it can't.
5: Yep for sure. And so we will continue to talk about this because this is something that's impacting all of us.
0: What's up everybody.
5: This is Stephen A. Smith.
0: When I'm not at my day job,
5: first tape, you
0: can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture,
3: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Now, there was a debate that is still raging on my Twitter (laughs) about an incident that happened the other night in an NBA game. And I was like, I did not think that this was going to I mean, I got called all sorts of names. I got called a savage. I got called uh, a, a maniac and everything else because I agreed with what happened in the situation. So I'll let you guys watch it. This is Nikola Jokic getting into it with uh, is it Marquis Mar- from Marcus Morris?
4: This one's a Marquise. Yeah, with Mark,
5: Markeith Morris. And the Morris twins, they're kind of dirty players. Like, they they take cheap shots. They like to look at themselves as the quote-unquote enforcers
4: in the league. You know, and... I got a question for you, though. Are the Morris twins dirty or are they a throwback? And I'm trying to give the best of the doubt here. Like, are they like Lamb year era Enforcers? Or- um,
5: n- no, B- because because when you hit them back, they act like they died. <laughs> that automatically. So imagine Bill Lam- Lambier or you know John Sally or D- or or uh, Anthony Mason <laughs> Oakley hitting somebody and then somebody hit them back and then they laid on the floor and acted like they died.
4: Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I don't. I'm not arguing in favor of the Morse twins. I was just wondering if there's any possibility nope. that they're actually nope. tough. Okay. Nope. Okay. Here it is. No,
3: oh, Jokic was there. Nuggets have five on four, and Jokic. Oh
5: no! No! Watch Jimmy Butler here. Comes up. Keep the players on the bench does a grand total of nothing. No. Look at Marcus Morris on the ground, acting like he's dead. Dude, get your ass up.
3: Not sure what set Jokic off.
5: Dude, he was adding so much drama to that to try to get this to be a big deal. And I tweeted the video out, and I said, I love this for Jokic. Morris thought he was going to do that with no re- repercussions. I bet you he thinks twice next time.
4: Maybe. Uh, they definitely uh, have not. Uh, Marcus and Marcus have not garnered the reputation for being um, the most intelligent players, which is... Uh, I, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter, like people pushing back and saying like, it's your white privilege is speaking. If you're calling these guys dumb or thugs or any of that, like, no, no. I think that there's enough people who've watched enough basketball who could tell you exactly what the Morris twins are about. Bouncing the basketball, off people's faces, shoving yeah. people, pushing people like they are agitators. They're not enforcers. Correct. They're agitators. And I think, not to give the old heads footing with the, you know, no one could in the nineties era, they die, that whole thing. But I think that the NBA definitely is more streamlined. And if you want to call that softer, you can, there's a lot less nonsense because the thing that uh, people want to see is they want, they, they, they don't want to see a lot of interrupted action, which is why we've had some of the rule changes that we've had. But I, I think that, the Morris twins take advantage of the fact that that's not part of the game anymore to stand. Yes. Yes, bro. This was, that's not, they're not, they're not necessarily tough, but for, for now, for what we have, I guess that's the label, the label you would give them. I don't know if dirty is fair. I just think that they like aren't good enough to not play this way. Okay. Here is the,
5: Oh, you mean like, like, like Pat Bev.
4: Yes, yes. Pat Bev is not good enough, which is crazy because sometimes you see some of the stuff because of his handles, and you're like, how are you not more like Catino Mobley? But uh, aside from that, Pat Bev, the Morris twins, they are not good enough to get 34 minutes a night just playing ball. No, they, that- they, they got to they gotta get you in the mud. And they do a pretty good job of it. But if you but if you if you're gonna cry on the ground because you got shoved in the back, which Pat Bev did to Chris Paul last year. Dude, see, here's the thing is he went and attacked
5: Jokic. That was not a regular foul. He could have hurt Jokic. And then he turned his back because he thought if I turn my back, he can't do anything. And Jokic was like, all right. And then here's the elephant in the room. Here's the thing that people really don't want to talk about. Is that Jokic, yes, he's an Eastern European player, but when you see him, he's white, right? He's a white player. And he's not a white American player, but he's a white player. You have a white player and you have a black player. And the black player automatically is like, listen, I'm a little bit tougher than this white dude. Let's, Let's just be real about how people think about things, regardless of if it's true or not. That's what he thinks in in, in his mind. And now Jokic has got to be sensitive to that. And he's like, okay, listen, because if I let Morris do that to me, other people are going to try me like that too. So now people are going to be like, "Uh, nah. uh." And this one game suspension that Jokic got, which I said he was going to get, was absolutely worth it. But he knows that he can't get kicked out of games because he's the most important player on their team, one of the most important players in the NBA. So he can't do it as the season goes goes on. But I guarantee you,
4: though, that people stop trying to punk him. This is the second time in 10 games he's pulled this shit, though. Hey. And and, and bat both times, because I, I am a little bit worried for, for Jokic keeping his temper uh, under control, both times when he took the swing at campaign and when he laid out Markeith, they cut to him, and he's got this look in his eye like he's a soulless Kodiak.
5: Oh, <laughs> yeah. To where he's like, like, to, to, to where he doesn't even, you, where it's you full mean instinct like he blacked out?
4: Yeah, that is what, if you look at the, if you ever seen anybody do it, if you've ever seen anybody do it, the look on Nikola Jokic's face is that look. Yeah. Like, All right. Well, then he's got to have something in his bag, because if it was what he said, it was him protecting himself. And if it's what you said, it was him doing something that he just had to do. Fine. If you're telling me that he was completely under control, that camera cuts to his face and you're like, was he? Because Ed, that's an he is an intimidating man. He really is. He's just big and he's physical but he's also finesse, which if you translate that athleticism to if you actually had to scrap, you're probably going to have a a problem. Um, The one thing that has been completely overblown in this is the involvement of both sets of brothers. Because Marcus got on Twitter, fired some shit off, and then the Jokic brothers started a Twitter account to fire some shit off. I don't care about the Jokic brothers up in the stands acting like they're going to fight somebody. Like they get banned from the building forever. It's not worth yeah. it. If you actually like watching your brother play, knock that shit off. Marcus, on the other hand, that was corny because he's not going to do. Marcus is not going to do anything. Dude, the the Marquise's not going to do anything. Dude, the the Miami team showed up to
5: the locker room like 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 they were going to jump Jokic like bro like Ex- stop.
4: It was so performative. Lame. Extremely performative. Extremely performative. Led by the ringmaster of performative antics, Jimmy Butler. And I've said it, (laughs) you and I have got into it on this show a couple of times because I think that Jimmy Butler is a wonderful entertainer and the NBA is entertainment business and his facial expressions and the shit that he talks and the way he throws his teammates under the bus and the way he bounces from city to city and the way that he gives effort once every three games then has everybody in NBA Twitter talking about how he's the most underrated player on the planet. (laughs) Like, all that stuff is so goofy to me. He's fine. He's a good basketball player. But, like, just because he's good at facial expressions doesn't mean he's better than he is. Then Miami would be better than they are. He is the most performative dude. And if you like the drama, and I do, then I am thankful to him for that. But anytime somebody turns around and confuses that for actual toughness, what has he ever done? Besides talk shit to a to Rachel Nichols about a 21-year-old. Damn, bro. I just want to know what he's done. Give me his resume. Bro, he, I, he I, he's I, tough because he couldn't hack it in Chicago or Minnesota or Philadelphia. That's toughness. That no, being he around was the one that was trying
5: to get all the right things done in those places and his teammates weren't ready.
4: Right. So that's my question to you. Toughness is not being able to handle two Zoomers on your team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in Jimmy
5: Butler's world, yeah, sure.
4: Like nobody else saying, wanted to play play hard like like Jimmy. Jimmy Butler is tough like the people who go to dinner at 4 p.m. are tough because they don't want to be around people that are younger than them. <laughs> the same people who get in your restaurant and ask you to turn down or up the thermostat.
5: Bro, oh, all right. So so was Jokic in the right or
4: the wrong for this? Wrong, <laughs> wrong. You can't. You can't. He should have. Uh, he should have said, "Hey, Marquise, and then did it. Like you, uh, the 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 from behind thing. Um, even Jokic has said, "Dude, that he, he attacked
5: him from the where he couldn't see him." He didn't go from the front. He right. side it was a attacked bad him.
4: Basketball play. In, here's, the, in here's the course of
5: the. Here's the thing in life is that if you are going to attack somebody, right? and and i firmly i'm a fair fight believer right I'm a yeah. fair fight if you do something to me I'm not gonna hit you in the back all of these things but if you do certain things you have given up your rights to fair fights like if like like if you side like if you uh if you attack me while I'm not waiting right i mean while while I'm not ready you have then forfeited
4: all rights To a fair fight, okay, but it was a hard foul within the context of the game. Okay, so you have
5: forfeited your fair your your hard foul rights because now I'm escalating. Like whatever whatever happens back, that's that's not my problem. It's above me now. It's above me now. Can't you just do something else
4: though? Like I'm not. I don't know. Go do
5: pick pick up a chair and hit him with it.
4: No, just like low bridge post- him. No, I'm um, post Elbow interview. to the face in the post game interview. If oh, Jokic God, had called no. him, oh, no, listen, dude. I'm, no, 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 no. There what, there. There's no words me- that can fix this. What if he called him Marqueef, and then everyone called him Marqueef forever? Nope. If Nikola Jokic called him Marqueef Morris in a post game interview, and
5: then. <laughs> And And he was like, and he was like, and he was like, "Hey, yo, hey, hey, yo!" The 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 uh, soft man hit me. It it didn't even it didn't even hurt. It was like a queef, like
4: from Marqueef Morris. Yeah, your Serbian accent is fantastic, by the way. And I I just, but I'm saying, like, there's there are other ways. If the NBA MVP calls you a queef, then so is everybody else. They're just gonna fall, and then everybody's giving him shit. Now I think that there's just sympathy out there for Marquise Morris that shouldn't be there. Yeah. I think I think Jokic lost his temper.
5: That's my yeah, issue. I I I agree with that too. But it's hard not to in those situations. But here's the thing: is other people know now that he will lose his temper. So now oh, you may he be will able to
4: get again out of his twice. Game twice in like 10 games. Cause the campaign thing happened right before they got eliminated. If he had knocked Marquise on his face and then dabbed after and started laughing, <laughs> that'd be like, Oh, okay. Completely under control. In this yeah. He did. He chose violence. <laughs> yeah. All but right. instead he laid out Marquise and then he went and created space for himself. So he didn't accidentally get a murder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All while Jimmy Butler's barking at him, like, like a, poodle barking at the mailman
5: <laughs> all right so now speaking of poodles barking at mail mailmen, you have in the nba you have nba guards who are very upset with the new rules except for steph curry who scored 50 points with the with, with the new
4: new rules you <laughs> did got- you catch atlanta's announcer saying like what's the big deal with scoring 50 yeah. why'd he do this to us <laughs>
5: He was, was like, I don't understand why why players act like scoring 50 is such, such a big deal. 48, 50. It's a round number. is a big ass deal, bro. 40 is a big deal. 50's a bigger deal. 60 is an amazing deal. Bro, I don't I don't understand. I don't get it. Dude, that was bitter beer face all day.
4: It was. It was because he's he calls games with the Trey Young on the team.
5: Yeah. So but but now you have so many guys in the league like James Harden, Lillard. Shooting so poorly because they they aren't getting these cheap fouls and free throws. And I the, it's, the game is rougher again. It's being officiated more like feeble rules. I love it, Ralph. I could not love this anymore. Stop these freaking free throw shooting contests in the NBA. Make people go get buckets and stop exploiting the rules.
4: This makes me happy. Did you see James Harden out a couple days ago? Yes. Oh,
5: yeah. my he, God. <laughs> he didn't even know what to do. Dude, ha- have you noticed there is nobody in the NBA averaging 30 points
4: right right now because they're not getting a billion free free throws. You know what's crazy about that hard clip is everyone's like, oh, man, Harden's done. Harden's career is over. Not only did they win that game, he had a triple-double, but yeah. all anybody remembers is the fact that he dribbled out the clock – Uh didn't go after the ball, and then got yammed on. Like yeah. Nobody nobody remembers the fact that they won the game and that he facilitated the win. Yep. People, people are convinced that James Harden's cooked. I don't think he is. I think it's going to take time. Dude,
5: nobody is averaging 10 free throws a game. Nobody. The highest one is Giannis at 9.5, and that makes sense. And then the next highest is Jimmy Butler, your guy, at 8.8. I love it. Dude, because there's no way in hell, no way in hell that you should have a dude who doesn't live in the paint. Shooting the most free throws in the in the. no reason in hell a guard should be leading the 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 league in free throw attempts like I need somebody who scores pretty much all their points in the paint like Giannis does.
4: Yeah, what I worry about is like my guy DeAndre Ayton already averages only like three free throws a game. He's never getting to the line again,
5: <laughs> and that's his own fault because there's no reason why a dude that good should only should not be getting to 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 the free throw line. But it, he's a finesse but, player who jumps straight up and down. But but isn't this
4: better for the NBA though? I don't know. Not at, well, it. Well, if people adjust, if people don't adjust. And these stars go out sad, that's not good for the NBA.
5: They're going to do they are going to they are going to adjust, which is going to make a better playoff product. Dude, there's nobody averaging 30 points. J- James Harden could be averaging like 36 right now if he were getting more free throws, but instead you know, you you have Damian Lillard, who's not even the highest scoring player on his team right now, because he can't adjust to the rules. And then he was like, Listen, listen, these rules are stupid. I don't like them. They uh, and I'm a and I'm a Lillard fan. He's like, cause I don't do the little cheap trick stuff. Yes, you do. There's plenty of footage of you. And, and you should have because the that's the way the game was being called. But what? now this is great.
4: Uh, if defenders if defenders aren't afraid of the cheap stuff getting called then they can get up on you more and that's what's affecting some of these other shooters a little bit more but you have guys that are on a tear right now regardless paul george yeah because pan-
5: guys can pan- get because guys can actually contest a shot now without getting a foul like right. so so you couldn't even contest
4: shots but i'm saying your guy pandemic p he is figuring it out
5: Yes, because he's like, I'm going to go get buckets, which is what the other guys have to do. But guess what? It's harder for smaller guys to score right now and all of that. That's not my
4: problem. All right. You really hate the little guys unless they're Steph Wardell, Stephen Curry. I love Steph Davidson. What are, you, what are you talking about? That's what I'm saying. He's your exception. I love Dame. Okay. Would you uh, you trade Westbrook for Dame? Yes. Would you have traded Westbrook for Dame two weeks ago? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes, he's a
5: better shooter. Dude, he can actually, dude, Westbrook rebounds,
4: plays hard. Love Westbrook, but I would take Dame. I've been, uh, I don't know, probably 40 times a day, I watched that clip of Westbrook shooting a ball off the top of the backboard because because whoever was calling the game was like, oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Bro, imagine reacting that way to a missed shot,
5: bro. That that
4: was one of the most.
5: Dude, I thought it because we we're watching it from the back. I thought that the ball had to be tipped. I was like, "There's no way he shot the ball this poorly. No way." That's
4: what that's what makes that Markeith clip so funny. Is the oh no? Yeah.
0: <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith.
3: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to "Playing Dirty" sports scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: All right, uh, final thing up. You, uh, Ralph's favorite owner in the NBA, Robert Sarver, now has a problem. He the ESPN article finally dropped, accusing him of racism, misogyny, all the ists, all the he hit all the magic buttons. Uh, according to this article, he's denying it vehemently. And this, I mean, he's got Earl Watson against him, a whole bunch of other credible people, but then he's also got some people like James Jones in his corner, but then James Jones hasn't been there that long. And he's the general manager. And he felt like when he put out his statement, it felt like a hostage statement that like (laughs) that he had to put it out because the owner asked him to, and he's like, well, he hadn't done anything racist to me. So if you're the NBA, how do you handle this?
4: This is, this is the worst man, because it's all word of mouth. There's no recordings. I know that everybody's tweeting out that clip of Sarver at a roast, but that had already been reported months ago of him making like terrible jokes at a roast and I didn't look at that as like misogyny or it's a or,
5: roast, bro. Like you're yeah. allowed to like that's a, a safe space for for you to do inappropriate things. But you, or I mean, say you still have to things.
4: You definitely still have to take into context like your station in life. And he said a couple of things that were. It, I was more concerned with like, oh my, oh my god, this guy is as bad at roasting as he is at owning the Phoenix Suns. He was bombing he made a joke and it was like it and it wasn't just a roast george it was a funeral it was a funeral roast that's what his friend wanted at his funeral was a roast and the way that he tried to make people laugh was saying that their departed loved one nutted in steve nash's socks (laughs) like i don't know I don't know. I did go through on Twitter and I searched every time anybody ever tweeted anything about Steve Nash's socks. And I retweeted them all last night because uh, that's the way my brain works. But anyway, like I just I that was a roast. These are allegations of how his interpersonal communication, his management style, that he's verbally abusive, that he's demanding, that he is the ignorant kind of racist is is what I took from this. Yeah. Um, like that comment where he said, I don't like diversity. Um, people were like, well, that's proof right there that he is racist. But he, he was saying it as a business owner. Well, he's basically saying, like, I don't like diversity of thought. I want everybody to be a yes man. Because in the same breath, they're saying that he turned around and said, these N words need an N word as a coach. And that's why he hired Lindsey Hunter over Dan Marley. He's coming off George. I. No, he, to me, he came off from all this witness testimony and everything like that. He came off as a real life Michael Scott. And people might think to themselves, but The Office was funny. not if yeah. it's real. <laughs> not if it's real. Dude, dude. Or The or, Office is funny because wait, wait, it's not no, real. No, 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 no. If no Scott's no, no. Tots was even- real, my skin is melting thinking of Scott's Tots right now. Dude, he did not even. No, no,
5: no, no, no. No, if 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 he were if this were the office based upon what everybody said, Robert Sarver would not be Michael Scott. He would be Michael's friend who came in. Uh, oh uh David Um
4: Keckner. Whammy from Anchorman. Yes. Guy. Yeah, what's his name in the show? Uh I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh Bob no, not Bob Vance. That's uh that's Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. But like Michael Scott did the like guess your race thing. He yes. he he did he did the uh uh Chris Rock bit getting in trouble for quoting the Chris Rock bit directly.
5: Every time <laughs>
4: <laughs> like it very much feels like Robert Sarver is being accused of having no social bearing. And and being gross uh, about like things of a sexual nature, inappropriate, overreaching like Michael Scott talking about Jan's boobs to the office like type thing and and not understanding why he can't say uh, the N word extremely bizarre. Then you have the extra accusation thrown in by um, Jalen Rose saying that he said it. Recently, about DeAndre Ayton, and now you have DeAndre Ayton missing games. But the I, I don't know. But then you have the conspiracy theorists coming out of the woodwork because there's only 32 NBA owners. There's one minority owner uh, or at least managing partner here in Charlotte in in Michael Jordan, and then all of a sudden you have one of the Sun's minority owners not signing any of the statements, Jamna Jaffe, who has a, a net worth of $3 billion and – and a a business that he runs with Colin Kaepernick as a co-chair, then all of a sudden they're sitting courtside the game after all this breaks. Yeah. And now you have people coming out of the woodworks to say, this whole thing is orchestrated. There is no video outside of the roast. There's no, it's just, it's Earl Watson's word and a bunch of people who are anonymous. And now, now Robert Sarver's wife is doing the least advisable thing in the history of the world. DMing people. To express her disappointment, which looked like threatening. Why just if if something happens to my husband or kids, I'm going to hold you and Earl Watson responsible. She's telling that to some random woman. Yeah. You re- Robert Sarver really think his kids are going to get have something violent happen to them. I Listen, don't know.
5: I don't know, man. Oh, but the office character, Ty Packer. <laughs>
4: What do, what would you do what would you do if you're Adam Silver Look I've had to deal with Robert Sarver for the last forever I don't care for him I don't think I think that he's socially and situationally inept and I think that his priority has been um revenue uh and I think that he started to show some improvement he still overreaches, he's still weird, he still tries to draw plays. That thing in the article where he made assistant coaches stand up and clap more? Very weird. Um he is he is a terrible owner, and the fact that we even went to the finals is insane with him as the owner, but at the same time is there enough in here for something to be done? I don't I don't see it. Yeah, because I, it's all word of mouth. It's yeah. not I don't think the Donald Sterling thing would have happened unless there was audio.
5: Yeah, cor- correct. Unless there's a smoking gun, I think he's in the clear uh as far as forced to sell the team. Like, yeah, people are going to look at him in the side eye and but he's going to have to watch everything that he says from from now on, nobody.
4: I just he's mentoring Larry Fitzgerald as a Uh, part owner of the Phoenix Suns and Larry Fitzgerald is beloved in Arizona and included on these statements. James Jones is beloved in Arizona. He's included on these statements. He co-owns a soccer club with Steve Nash. Um, You haven't seen Steve Nash come out against him. You haven't seen the players say anything. And Chris Paul has been through this before. So it's like everybody is in wait and see mode. Um, But if the allegations are true, he probably shouldn't have the privilege of owning a team
5: yep no i agree with you there buddy totally agree
4: especially if you don't have the ability to sign clutch clients (laughs)
5: hey and clutch clients are very important it's Um, like having a water and ice and you're not allowed to sell ice cubes exactly all right well you guys that is right or wrong for the day i'm ralph I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. Uh, Yeah, so we're like in trading places right now. Um, All right, peace out. Catch you guys later.